Welcome to the Effective Church Leaders Podcast, where we offer practical advice and insights to help you get better equipped, lead more effectively, and help your church thrive. I'm your host, Carrie Holton, and I'm joined by my co-host, Becky Holton. Yes, you are. Good to see you today. How you doing? I'm doing all right. Doing okay. <laughs> good, good. I know you're busy. We're all busy. I know. It's been a crazy day. It has been crazy. It's been a crazy week. What is today, by the way? That's okay. Uh, Never mind. I'll I'm not sure. <laughs> anyway, let me ask you a question. Okay. I'm ready. Do you ever wonder if you spend so much time on urgent matters that you don't have time for the important? You're meddling right now, aren't you? Of course <laughs> I do. All the time, it's frustrating. I get to the end of the day sometimes, and I'm really frustrated that I was so busy all day, but some of the things I really needed to get done that were very important, I just, I didn't get to them. Well, you're not alone. I think the urgent often holds hostage the important. Mm. Well, today we're talking about church leaders and time management. We're talking about finding the time to care for the important matters as well as the urgent ones. I think this is really a challenge for all of us, Uh, time management. There's so many books written on this that ought to tell us something. Yes. And calendars galore, you know, just taking care of the urgent without neglecting the important. And it's a challenge for every, especially every church leader, I believe. I think so. I think it's a challenge for all church leaders, but I'll speak for myself here and say that managing time wisely was, and continues to be a struggle for me. Uh, Perhaps others can relate. Mm -hmm. Uh, Specifically, the challenge was and is always the struggle to allocate time to important tasks versus urgent tasks. Yes. Uh, For example, uh, as a full-time minister, I knew that much of my time needed to be given to certain priorities, primary tasks for which I alone was responsible, tasks like preparing lessons from God's word, sharing the gospel with those who as yet did not know Jesus, and just being there for people who needed my attention. But what I often found was that secondary matters would take up so much of my time that I often felt that I was neglecting the important matters. And I think elders too, elders in a local church, would say that they struggle with this challenge. I know I know that when I served as an elder, I sometimes felt that most of our time was spent in putting out fires and taking care of a multitude of administrative duties. I was looking back over some minutes of elders' meetings that I was a part of, and here were some of the things we discussed. The budget, what we should pay a substitute preacher when our regular preacher was gone, if we would give permission for the Boy Scouts to use our building, and if so, what the building use policy would look like, the youth minister's request for a van, how to make the building more secure during assembly times, including where cameras should be placed and how many were needed, whether or not we would close the church office during the week between Christmas and New Year's, and there were many complaints that were brought before the elders, whether written or brought to us in person, and I could go on and on. I'm and guessing on. I'm I don't know, but I'm just guessing that was just a small slice of what some of your meetings might have been. Right, like. right, and and my guess is that most elders can relate to what I'm talking about, and and usually what disturbed many of us was that we knew we had to give attention to these urgent matters that would come up, 
But we also were aware that there were people who, for example, had not been to church in months, and we had neglected to check in with them, to visit them, to contact them. And, you know, that really, that really works on the conscience of, of godly elders. When they know they spend a lot of their time doing urgent things, but they think of the important tasks out there that they alone can do, that they alone are responsible for, and that just doesn't seem to be time to do them. Well, are you saying that elders should not give attention to those things that you just mentioned? Oh, that's a good question. No, no, I'm not saying that elders should not give attention to those urgent requests and situations because they come up, well, spur of the moment, they need to be dealt with. There are lots of things that just need to be dealt with when they arise. Although I will say that we probably address some issues that could be handled by others and probably could be handled better by others. I only want to say that I and others with whom I served often had this gnawing feeling that we were neglecting more important matters, such as the care and spiritual growth of individuals in our charge, helping brothers and sisters work through conflict they may have been experiencing, praying for certain people, planning for the future, and so forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this podcast, we want to speak to the need of giving attention to the important. Yes. Because I think you've just clearly articulated that it is a, I like the gnawing feeling term that you used, that um, all of us that find ourselves in uh, spiritual leadership, uh, we just struggle with that because it's that thing in our gut that says we really need to be doing this, but we're spending all of our time doing that. So we want to give some attention in this broadcast to how to do that. And one of the ways we want to speak to this need is by referring to the book, The Four Disciplines of Execution. And uh, business people will probably recognize this title. In fact, they may know it as 4DX, and it's a great little book. And in it, in this book, the author writes of a proven set of practices that have been tested and refined by hundreds of organizations and thousands of teams over many years. It is really backed up um, with a lot of how-to and does-this-work Um, by hundreds of people. And the authors claim that when a company or an individual even adheres to the four disciplines that they discuss in that book, that they're going to achieve some really superb results. Yes, it's a great book. Uh, By the way, I I think we probably ought to say this first, though, uh, that we do believe that the church can learn from the business world. Yes. Uh, There may be some people who are turned off by this idea that we would refer to a book that is really a business manual and that we would find their principles that would also apply in church world. But, you know, some of the processes that act, that achieve results in the business world can be effective in church world too. I don't know why not. Uh, besides, both worlds have something in common. People are in both worlds, and issues are often very similar. So, sure, there are differences between business world and church world, but my guess is that there are more similarities than differences. So, I think we can learn a lot from this book. Mm -hmm. And I don't think we need to make any apologies that 
some business principles that we find in the 4DX book are really helpful to the church because the authors of this highly regarded book believe that the challenges for businesses, and we would say churches as well, is execution. Um, That's not a firing squad that we might think of when we think of execution. They use that term uh, to refer to the implementation of a plan. Because the real enemy of execution is what they call the whirlwind or our day job. This is the massive amount of energy that's necessary just to keep your operation going on a day-to-day basis. And their claim is that this whirlwind robs us uh, from the focus required to move our team forward. And these authors contrast the the whirlwind, our day job, with more important goals or new activities. Um, And I love that term whirlwind because honestly, that's what you feel like you're standing in, in the middle of a day. And in their book, the whirlwind stands for the urgent, which acts on us and goals represent the, represent the important and then we act on it. Right. Isn't that a great distinction? Yes, it is. The authors state that leaders seldom differentiate between the whirlwind and strategic goals. Mm Mm-hmm because both are necessary to the survival of the organization. However, they are clearly different, and more important, they compete relentlessly for time, resources, energy, and attention. Yes, they do. I don't think we have to tell the church leaders out there who are listening to this podcast which will usually win this fight. The urgent. It's going to be the urgent. Every time, almost. Yes. Again, the whirlwind is urgent, and it acts on us every minute of every day. The goals we set for moving forward are important. But when urgency and importance clash, urgency will win every time. Mm -hmm. And by the way, the authors say that typically we spend 80% of our time in the whirlwind, being consumed with the day-to-day chores that must be done, the urgent tasks. Wow, 80%. 80%. That's no wonder my hair is messed up at the end of the day. All that whirlwind and stuff. (laughs) Uh, Now, I think we should let people know, honey, that we aren't saying the whirlwind is bad. No, no, it's not. It it keeps us alive, and we can't ignore it. We have to be concerned with urgent tasks. If we ignore the urgent, it can kill us today. But it's also true that if we ignore the important, it can kill us tomorrow. Wow, that's a great phrase. Yeah. In other words, if we operate solely from within the whirlwind, we won't make progress. We'll just keep whirling. That's right. Yeah. Our challenge is to execute our most important goals in the midst of the urgent. So how in the world do we do that? And we'll talk about that after our break. Folks, we'll be back with the rest of our conversation on how to reach a decision after this short break. Uh, we talk a lot about the Effective Church Leaders Workshop. What we have found in our experience is that so many church leaders, whether they are elders or ministers, ministry team leaders, ministry team members, so many want to see the church thrive. They want to see their ministry thrive, but they're just not sure what to do to help them thrive and flourish. We put together the Effective Church Leaders Workshop. It's a one-day intensive in which we talk about the importance of building a cohesive leadership team. We make the claim that building a cohesive leadership team is fundamental to the health of the church or to the health of a ministry. 
We talk about five things, five general topics in this workshop. How to build trust on a team. How to manage conflict. How to gain organizational clarity. How to embrace accountability. And how to focus on results. Our next workshop is going to be with the Baker Heights Congregation in Abilene, Texas on November the 9th. We would love for you to attend this workshop. All you need to do is go to our website, EffectiveChurchLeaders.com, and register for the Effective Church Leaders Workshop in Abilene, Texas on November the 9th. I hope that we can see you there. God bless. The first discipline the authors of 4DX recommend for execution of our goals is to focus on the wildly important. I love that phrase. They have really good phrases in there. Oh, I do too. Yeah. The wildly important. The wildly important. The principle with the wildly important is that the more we try to do, the less we actually accomplish. So our first challenge is to focus on the wildly important. Oh, and I think that's a very important word you used, focus. Yes. I mean, if how important. you could important. see my desk right now, you would know I have not been focusing today. <laughs> how important is focus in any endeavor? Right. Uh, we start by selecting one or at most two extremely important goals. Well, we could say wildly important goals. Mm-hmm. Instead of trying to significantly improve everything all at once, we just focus on one or two goals. They call this a wildly important goal to make it clear to the leadership team that this is the goal that matters most. And don't we all need to be reminded uh, every now and then, okay, this is what matters most in my job of my responsibilities, my obligations. I must take care of these wildly important matters. So Mm -hmm. the challenge for church leaders is to consider what are the one or two or three most important things they should be doing. They refer to something Stephen Covey once said. He said, you have to decide what our highest priorities are and have the courage to say no to the other things. And the way you do that is by having a bigger yes burning inside. I like that quote. Sounds a little like heartburn, but (laughs) (laughs) I like it. I like that quote. You had to be willing to say no. To certain activities. Well, and you've got to listen to that passion that's driving you inside. The thing, it's what you call that gnawing feeling. That is really why you're doing it. It's that bigger burning of what you need to be doing. And if we don't pay attention to that, we're not going to know what these, uh, what our goals and, and the things that we must be doing and not just the urgent. Good. Okay, hun. Uh, are there other tips from the authors that you want to share with us? Yes. Um, there was another one I wanted to bring up. Um, they said in determining your wildly important goal, you don't ask what is most important. Instead, you begin by asking if every other area of our operation remained at its current level of performance, what is the one area where change would have the greatest impact? And so if we apply that to the church, we would say, if every other area of the church remained at the current level, what is the one area where change would have the greatest impact? Good question. And they mention a few important rules uh, rules at this point that I think are really vital for us to consider. And the first one is that no team focuses on more than two wildly important goals at the same time. 
Isn't that interesting? Do you remember when we used to take the kids to the circus? You have no idea where I'm going right now, do you? I have no idea. <laughs> remember the lion tamer? He would hold that little wooden stool in front of the lion's face, not not by the leg, but by the seat. And all four of those little legs were focusing at the lion. And that's what they why they did it, I found out later, is the lion was trying to focus on all four of those legs at the same time, and he was paralyzed because he couldn't focus. He is was just right? looking for around. And I, I believe that's what they're saying, that you just can't keep focusing on more than two wildly important goals at the same time, or you'll be like the lion that just sits there on the stool in a ferocious lion and can't make any progress. So your alter ego, you'd like to be a lion tamer, I take. Well, maybe. Do I get a whip? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. And the second rule that they mention is that all wildly important goals must have a finish line in the form of from X to Y by when. That's their formula, which means you have to be able, you have to have a formula or a way to go from X to get to Y by a certain date. From where we are now to where we want to go. By a certain deadline. Yeah. Okay. You have the accountability in that, which okay. I like. Yeah. I like that yeah. too. You know, honey, all of this reminds me of, of what is called the Eisenhower matrix. Only this would remind you of the Eisenhower <laughs> matrix. <laughs> well, I'm a big fan of, of Dwight D. Eisenhower. I know you, know. you are. Well, all things World War II. But anyway, <laughs> imagine a, a chart that consists of four matrices or are they matrices? Are they matriarchal? Oh, my. Okay. Four <laughs> boxes. Let's, let's not talk about matrixes. Let's talk about four boxes. That works for me. The challenge is to determine into which box or which quadrant any task or assignment belongs. So here are our four boxes. The first box, those tasks that are not important but are urgent. And here we should delegate those tasks that fall into this box. Okay. All right. Second box. The tasks that fall into this box are both important and urgent. And these are the tasks that we should do. Okay. Are you still with me? I'm with you. I'm ready for box three. Box number three. (laughs) The (laughs) The tasks that are not important and are not urgent should fall into this box. Now, what do you think we should do with those tasks? They're not important, and they're not urgent. Just slide them light into the trash. That's right. Eliminate them. Yes. Eliminate those tasks from your to-do list. They're they're not important. They're not urgent. Don't worry about them. Yep. And box number four, these are tasks that are important but are not urgent. Hmm. And these things should be scheduled. The directive here is to schedule those tasks that are important but don't, don't need to be done right away. Hmm. So I, I kind of like that. I, I like that idea. I mean, we're probably not going to consider every task that we do and, and force them into one of those four boxes. But maybe if we could start thinking more about this. Uh, some tasks we delegate. Some tasks we do. Some tasks we eliminate. And other tasks we schedule. They, those are the important ones. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I, th- I think that's helpful to us. That, I think that's really helpful. And I really like the, the directive to schedule those tasks that are really important. Uh, because I find that oftentimes I keep pushing those to the side because I want a larger block of time. Mm-hmm. And I may have a little bit of time, but it's not enough for something that's really important. And it really 
it behooves me to find some time to schedule and work on the really important things and not just allow the, the rest of the day to crowd that out. I agree. And, and I think that's our challenge as church leaders. It's to identify those tasks and responsibilities that are important and urgent. And that's where we should focus at least a large part of our time and energy and resources. Good. Well, I hope we've said some things that might be helpful to church leaders out there who are struggling to find time for the important. Yes, because the important. it's a challenge. It's it, a challenge. It, to take care of the important without neglecting the urgent, it's just really hard. But this is something that church leaders must try to figure out. They've got to give some attention um, to their boxes, you know, where things are going to be put, how they're going to categorize it and organize their, t- their time so we don't neglect what is important. We just really cannot allow time to be spent on the urgent, which will swallow up just even our consideration of the important because our progress as a church, it will depend on focusing on the wildly important to use the phrase of the authors of 4DX and progress and growth, that's what we're after. That's mm-hmm. what we're all about. That's it. Right. Good. Well, that's all for today, friends. If you have comments to make on this subject, please let us know. We really do value your feedback. And always, thanks for listening to the Effective Church Leaders podcast, where we offer practical advice and insights to help you get better equipped, lead more effectively, and help your church thrive. <music>